0: Hello, everyone. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by italki, which is a really, really great way to get some English speaking into your life. Uh, With italki, you can get a teacher for some lessons or you can find a community tutor who will just speak English to you. That could be someone from the UK, for example. Um, And it's just a really, really great way to build that essential uh, skill into your routine, which is speaking and actually speaking with a uh, a real person rather than just doing exercises. Uh, And don't forget, if you buy some uh, lessons or teaching time, uh, then um, italki will send you a voucher, which is equivalent to uh, a lesson. So it's like a a free lesson, basically. Uh, To get that offer, go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing all right and you're not too hot, because it is absolutely boiling here today in France. It's sweltering, blisteringly hot, you could say. Um, Apparently the temperature is going to be something like 36, maybe 37 degrees, which is um, really unprecedented. It doesn't usually get this hot. I know in some of the countries where you are listening to this, it's probably much hotter than that. And you're probably thinking, 37 degrees, no worries, that's cool. No problem with that. Uh, But for me, I guess as an English person who, frankly, is not really equipped for temperatures above something like 25 26 it's uh it's all a bit much but it's okay we're keeping cool we're keeping calm and collected here at luke's english podcast uh everything's fine i'm just you know chilling uh chilling out relaxing chillaxing as well you could say um as we move forward with another episode of this podcast and this one is chock-a-block with natural conversation and language Uh, Yesterday I had Amber and Paul over to the flat And I also invited Sarah Donnelly A friend of the podcast Uh, Sarah also brought her baby Who she had uh, since she was last on this podcast Uh, There's no relation, by the way Between her being on the podcast and and having a baby That's purely coincidental Anyway, since she was on this podcast last She has had a baby And she brought the baby with her uh, for this one And uh, anyway, the four of us sat around the table yesterday in the blistering heat to record some podcast material, and that is what you're going to hear in this episode. Sometimes you can hear the baby screaming and kind of gurgling and making baby noises in the background, but I don't think that spoils the recording, really. Um, She hasn't learned how to talk yet, so you can't actually learn any English from her, but who knows? Her being on the podcast might help a little bit in some way in in her learning of English. Anyway, um, it's not too disturbing. You just hear a few little sort of cute noises in the background sometimes. That's happened before on the podcast. Once Paul and I went to Amber's place and she had uh, baby Hugo there making kind of dinosaur noises. So more dinosaur noises, basically, uh, in this one. Uh, The conversation that you're going to hear is a little bit chaotic uh, because there are four people uh, who know each other very well, sometimes talking over each other. Um, If you like... You can imagine that you're in a business meeting, uh, a business meeting in which no business actually takes place. uh, Nobody observes the rules of uh, formality and where the participants just, just sit around chatting with each other. So not really like a business meeting at all, but anyway, a meeting of sorts. And this is the kind of thing that you might have to deal with in the future if you go to a meeting in English and there are a number of people discussing things and you have to try and keep up. Um, So it's good practice to listen to this kind of thing to help you prepare for that kind of situation. Uh, This recording was slightly shorter than the usual full-on ramble that we we have together. Uh, It's about half an hour's worth, but I'm going to do a bit of language analysis at the end. I'll pick out a few words and phrases, and I'll clarify them after the conversation has finished. Also, there is another language-related episode of the podcast featuring Amber, Paul, and Sarah coming soon. But uh, here now is a discussion between the pod pals Amber and Paul, also featuring Sarah Donnelly, the American with Irish roots, who's been on this podcast before, most recently talking about the US presidential elections with uh, Sebastian Marx that time. Um, so Amber Paul and Sarah and me And here are some things that we all have in common So first of all we're all English speaking Expats in France All English speaking people Expatriated to France uh, Amber Paul and me from England And uh, Sarah from uh, the USA Although she does have Irish roots as you'll find out Um We're all with French people We're all with French partners um, Either married to French people Or paxed to French people A pax is a kind of legal marriage uh, A civil marriage um, In France They call it the pax So you can actually be paxed ...to your Paxi or your Pac-Man if it's a man. Or, what, Mrs Pac-Man? I suppose so. Anyway, we're all either married to uh, French people or paxed with uh, French people. And also, we're all comedians on the stand-up scene as well. So, in this chat, we discuss a few things, such as the complexities of being with a foreign partner... Bringing up a child in a foreign country to be bilingual. uh, Getting married and what it feels like for the bride and groom on the big day. Amber's new podcast, which was uh, recently released online. Paul's upcoming gig in Australia. Sarah's Irish roots and also some English slang from New Zealand, Australia and Northern Ireland. Um, Now, here are some questions for you to consider As you listen to this conversation, this can help you. If you think about these questions, this can help you to focus on the content that you're about to hear. So, here are five sets of questions. Uh, First of all, are you or have you ever been with a foreign person in a relationship? Have you ever had, like, a foreign boyfriend or girlfriend, a husband, or wife or something? Uh, And what are the difficulties of being in a relationship with a foreign person or someone from another culture? What are the difficulties? Secondly, what's the best way to bring up a child to be fully bilingual? Is it possible to raise a bilingual child when only one of you speaks one of the target languages to the child at home? Uh, No, third third set are you married um how did it feel for you on the big day did you cry um and have you ever been a guest at a wedding and did you cry uh, fourth um have you heard amber's podcast which is called panam it's now available at panampodcast.com and fifth can you explain oh sorry can you identify not explain uh, can you identify different english accents and dialects from around the world How about American English versus British English? Can you identify the differences? Or can you, you know, notice different accents from different areas of the UK? How about Ireland and Northern Ireland? Can you tell the difference? And what about Australia and New Zealand? Uh, Do you know what their English sounds like? So... Consider those questions as you listen to this conversation And hold on until later When I will explain some of the vocabulary And some cultural stuff too Maybe touching on different accents uh, Wedding vocabulary and more But now you can listen to Amber, Paul, Sarah and me Melting in my Boiling hot apartment Amber Amber and Paul are on the podcast Amber and Paul are on the podcast Amber and Paul are on the podcast Amber and Paul are on another podcast. Paul's a very funny boy. His laugh I very much enjoy. Amber's got a lovely voice. If I could choose an accent, hers would be my choice. Yeah. And Sarah Donnelly's a lovely person too. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. Hey. How are you guys doing today?
1: Good. It's very hot. hot.
0: Paul, can you just explain what's going on? It's always me that explains where we are.
2: Well, so it it we're, doesn't we're, have
0: to be. It could be someone else. And wait, can't, yeah,
2: Amber. Yeah, no, let me, Paul, go ahead right. I can do it. So uh, we're in your af- apartment. And normally at this time of year, uh, we're upstairs, uh, that's right. in the in the sun deck, getting sunburned, and <laughs> yeah, we so won't be doing that because it's uh, we're, it's too hot. It's hot as hell. Uh, everyone's sweating. It's yeah. disgusting weather in Paris. It's humid. It's twenty thirty one degrees, um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what's happening. That's where we are.
0: Who's here, Amber?
3: Who's here? Yeah. Well, I'm here. Yeah, Paul Taylor's here. Yeah. Luke, you're here. Uh-huh. And Sarah Donnelly is here.
0: Sarah Donnelly.
2: Thanks for
1: having me. It's been, this is my third or fourth time, I
0: think. Um, I think it's about your fourth time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the other occasions that you well, were on the podcast? I
1: was here about a year ago and we talked about the American elections and I was like, for sure, oh. there's no way Donald Trump could win. It's just not possible. <laughs> False. <laughs> anything is possible in life. Mm, I know. Right? So, um, I was with Sebastian Marks so and we talked about that we've talked about how I'm an English teacher as well and a stand-up comedian as yeah. well. Yeah, that's right.
0: Guys, is there so. anything else that the, that the world needs to know about Sarah Donnelly, do you think? <laughs> Is there anything else that, that we we need to know about? Her? awesome.
3: Yeah. yeah. Wow.
2: Awesomely That's funny. Nice. That's right. And so uh, you should go see her show. That's right. are, you, are you performing at
0: any time soon?
1: Um, I'm performing on Thursday night with everyone in this room. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't uh, know if, if any listeners will get a chance to actually see us do that show. Because this yeah. episode will probably come out after Thursday, I don't right? know. This episode will probably go up tomorrow. Oh, okay. I okay. All right, fair enough. If, fair. I, if, if, if I can manage
1: it, it'll go We're up tomorrow. We're on a show uh, called One More Joke. But in the past, I have had my own show called Help I Married a Frenchman. Um, but Amber and I are working on Thank you
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I the title. True story
1: <laughs> you, It's 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 hard work being partnered With a French person as everyone in this room
0: Yeah is
2: that
1: right uh,
0: Are we all are we all with French people We, we, all we are So Sarah what's, what's so difficult about being Married to a French man
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> one hour, I have one hour's worth of material on this. Yes. And I don't know if you can hear I have my baby with me today too. That's right, so there's a little baby on little, the floor. There's a baby on the floor. Baby, baby. And she's very hot. Um, she's the best part about being married to a French Is She yeah.
2: more French or more uh, American?
1: I think she's more French. I I try to stop it, but I just <laughs> like anything I can do to make her a little more English. Like my worst fear is that she just won't speak any English and like refuse to speak no, English. No, no,
0: she'll speak. She'll speak English first. I will yeah,
2: stop I'm being your friend sure. if she has a French accent and she's like, "Hello, uh, Paul. Uh, good to see that you again." i will be happens. like, "Whoa!" That happens. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah, no. but so, you just have to. You just have to speak to her in english and refuse to speak to her in any other language so
0: what sorry what are the conditions in which uh, a child born of an an english-speaking mother
1: getting inundated with french in her environment right now and we do speak english at the home but my husband speaks to her in french so i'm not sure if me with her is enough english especially if she goes to french school especially Mm -hmm. if she has all french friends um, I have an example I where that could t- probably oh, I was to say this. No, go ahead. Robert
2: Hain our friend who's also been on the podcast he's a 12 year old mm-hmm. uh, has grown up in France all his life uh, has been surrounded by French and it, he just uh, only spoke to Milo in in English yeah, and, Amer- and refused to American English American English yeah so <laughs> it's not real English but Count uh, so he, th- and his accent is like when he speaks English he sounds yeah. American so that's what I'm hoping if we ever have kids like that's the kind I, yeah. of
3: no I mean I work with uh, Bilingual children... A lot, and the the real difference, and this is where the accent comes in for me, is you'll meet the parents, and they'll be anglophone, you know, wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. If they let their children speak to them in French, French that is where it all goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. happens is at a certain point, the children are like, "Why am I speaking this other extra language? I can't be bothered to make that effort." You know, I right. spent my day in French, and now my mum or dad has said, "Oh, how was your day?" and it was in French my day, so I'm going to answer them in French. Or they don't want to be. Different Different from their friends, or whatever right. reason. And there's, if the a of, there's a lot of parents don't insist like you have to speak in English. Yeah. yeah, there are, but I mean, if the parents don't insist that you have to speak English, then that can be a real bad thing. Luke
0: Thompson has got mm. So if the child, for example,
1: says
3: "papa," exactly, <laughs> "father,"
1: exactly. <laughs> well, I am your. Well, maybe father. <laughs> in your case, in my case, she would say "papa" and that would be acceptable. Okay, and she'll probably but call me "mamo" too. But that's. Yeah. By the, way, by the way, by the way, listeners,
0: there's no situation in which I would condone the the, the hitting of a of a child. Okay, I just yeah. wanted to make except that clear. if he calls <laughs> you <laughs> papa. Except obviously if they speak uh, French. French
2: in the house. To um, be like yeah. a swear jar, but an, a language jar. You know, you have a swear jar every yeah. time you say a swear word. It's just gonna be like every time you speak English, you put money in that. Exactly, yeah. the child, the
0: two-year-old child. Exactly, yeah, it's gonna be putting, But
2: yeah.
3: sh- sh- Hugo, he spoke English first, and he still his English is still better. Than his But French. your partner speaks in English with him, right he, he speaks a lot of French, but okay. he spends a lot of time with his grandparents. And he goes to crèche every day, which is 100% yeah. French. So he, even though he's got a lot of French in his environment, he still speaks English, English better. Well, I've heard it's also the personality of the child. And
1: there's other things. Like if you spend time outside of France, like and you go back to your native country and you can yeah. have them really... Dosed in that is good uh, because I have a friend and she spoke exclusively in English to her children and they don't speak English at all.
3: <laughs> maybe wow. maybe, no. maybe they hate her. No, nope, not true. Do. Maybe she was punching them when they were
1: speaking. Although right. I have one one final anecdote. <laughs> yes, about the language piece. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> <laughs> she likes this one. <laughs>
1: yep. Uh, so speaking, so I have a friend. I've qu- obviously we're in a group of people who have uh, bicultural. Uh, relationships, and her daughter is American and French, and she was at school in french and she, her uh, the mother would ask, "How was your day and she would say, Fine or okay in English, but then when papa came home, it was like unleashed like telling her telling him all about the day in french yeah, it 's oh. interesting so it 's interesting how you know,
0: the, the sort of the power balance or, or yeah. the favoritism that goes on f- uh, For the language with the parents and the affects parents the language or or that's being spoken.
3: Yeah, so you never and, know, and which parent it is. You know, yeah. if the mum speaks English or the dad speaks English, that can make the difference as well, and the gender of the child.
0: Mm. I mean, you know, Hugo speaks English all the time. You're his mum. You're the English-speaking one, so it's, that seems to suggest that if the mother speaks English, that that's
3: true but it, i think it's a person who's with them the most so for example james he spends james a simpson lot of time
0: been on the podcast yeah
3: <laughs> james simpson so he spends a lot of time with jules jules's english is great but he's also looking jules is now seven and his role model is his dad like his dad does something it's cool yeah. his dad speaks english whereas if his mum does it it's less cool do you mm. know what i mean because so that becomes important and does yeah. become more important later
0: how long do you think it'll take for jules to realize that james not cool isn't that
1: cool
3: (laughs) james is loved by children hugo loves james so much that like nico will say nico my partner will say like what did you do today and Hugo will be like oh we saw james i was like no we didn't (laughs) we didn't see james he's like james came over i'm like he didn't james didn't come over and he's always saying he didn't (laughs) get into trouble
1: i know he's like oh really and what what did Mommy and James do?
0: <laughs> oh, they they, uh, they just lay down for a while because they were tired. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they made a cake together in the bedroom. <laughs> Whenever I, I ask, I they just... I see you've already got the excuses lined up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I've been preparing myself. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, uh, welcome back onto the podcast, Sarah.
1: Thank you for having oh, me. I'm not
0: used to using a microphone. So... Yes. No.
2: That was not No. Go on. No. I. I. I heard my ring tap on the microphone by accident. I'm not oh. used to
0: using that. A... Oh. Hey, wait a minute. You heard. Oh. Your... Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, here we go. Oh. Wait a minute. You heard your ring <laughs> tap on the microphone. Yeah, and what ring are you talking about? Just a ring that I. Uh, it's on my hands. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Shall we talk I, about that I, now? I, I, I never. Come on. We are going around. We're basically. I, I think this episode is going to be called "Catching Up with Amber and Paul," featuring. Sarah Donnelly. <laughs>
1: wow, thank you. Okay. I like having um, the feature. Just because
0: this is like catching so up. Do we have a jingle? It's ca- yeah, there will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, catching up with Amber and Paul number six. I think this one will be, mm-hmm. and this one's going to be featuring Sarah Donnelly. So. Yeah. I guess we've sort of caught up with you a little bit, Sarah, maybe a there's, bit. there's more info to come. Mm. I mean, you know, sure. we'll come round again. The, uh, yeah. That's the way it goes. But Paul, so what's been up with what's been going on with you then recently? Got married. That was it. Mostly. Yeah. Just got married. <laughs> Just got married. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. You <laughs> got married to a yeah. French
2: lady. Yeah. Um, Shocker. Yeah. Right. How, <laughs> How was it? Another one bites the dust. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How does it feel being married? The, exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like we were already married, like for eight years, and we've yeah. been together for eight and a half years. So right. it was just. Uh, it was so just...
1: six months in, you're like, I'm married. Like,
2: right. <laughs> yeah, but a little bit. Well, because we moved in straight away together. Um, ah, okay. well, that so and, yeah, and we've been everything. living together for for like almost as much as long as we've known each other. So yeah, it didn't. It doesn't. It didn't really feel like anything. Anything changed. It was just. It was. It was a really weird thing. I don't know. Just it didn't feel. Like when the yep. ceremony was happening, it felt like it was. We were. It felt like I was watching myself getting married. Like I didn't feel like I was there. Weird because I felt I, I was watching you get married as well. <laughs> I, I was there, by the way. Uh, yeah, so it was very. Uh, it was like an out of body experience a little bit because I think we were just so stressed out and whatever. And it was just like, all right, cool, it's happening now. It's like, oh, this is happening now, and it's okay. It yeah. just we didn't really have time to to really appreciate the moment. Yeah, so neither of us cried. I thought we were both going to be in tears. I cried. Did you? Yes. I, I welled up a little bit. I yeah. didn't fully cry, but I started I I have, up.
1: I've, I would have cried cuz I cried everything.
2: Yeah. I I cried I've cried at everyone's wedding that I've been to basically. Like oh. like just the t- like you, I just have like Did you cry you at my wedding? Yeah. Like uh, yeah, I was choking oh. up. Like I was just like, "Ah." Oh. But our own one, it was just like, "Yeah, whatever, cool. Let's let's have a party."
1: I cried at your wedding. Did you really? Yeah. Aww. Yeah. It's just it's like it's, it's beautiful <laughs> to see two people just you know, express their love. It's just a beautiful, happy, joyous, mm, lovely yeah. Yeah. moment, and it's such an honor to be there. To yeah. be
0: honest, the, the, the thing that uh, got me was when you were waiting there, and everything. We we're all waiting, and then we turned around, and uh, Addie was there, but she was being like led to the to I don't know how you describe altar is that, it, altar? But, is that the, yeah. well, le-
3: the the place led
0: down the aisle uh, by your father. Yeah. And for some reason because it was your dad. That was... And I just felt like, well... Oh, my God. You know, I, n-
3: me too. Everyone a, was just... Bah. But why?
0: I mean, are, are, we, are we allowed to say why? I mean, I can edit that out if it's, you know...
2: What? Uh, uh, why it was my... Why it was, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, her parents aren't with us anymore. They, they, her mum passed away when she was very young and then her dad passed away a few years ago. So she's got no parents and no family. Yeah. Uh, not just that, like, no brothers or sisters. Her parents didn't have brothers or sisters, so she has zero family. So no. I only had my mum and dad... Um, and uh, she asked my dad if he was if he would be willing to, yeah. to walk her down, and, and he was like, "Yeah so it was great." W-
0: when we turned around, so I just saw Addie there. And it was just her and your dad, and I just thought, first of all, it was just so sweet that it was your dad that was giving her away, but then just this I uh, just it, it, it was just this picture I just realised that she was just sort of on her own mm. Mm. and that was really sad but then that she was getting married to you so it's like new family new beginning yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought like you
3: were a, saying it's sad that she's marrying Paul yeah, well, well, crying, no Addy,
0: no she could have done a lot better obviously but <laughs> clearly <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it was like these three things all all in one, yeah and, you know it was quite yeah. a powerful emotional punch, yeah well, I think that I think that a lot
2: of people felt that we because we knew that like we have been used to that situation, yeah for a long time, right. like it wasn 't a thing for us, but I think you know as, as 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 much as you know we see like friends all the time and we tell you know and like a bunch of people almost everyone knew that her parents had passed away already, but like i don 't think you realize it until a moment like that, you know where it 's yes. like oh shit, like yeah, she like no, okay. Right. So yeah, it was. uh, As soon as the song, like when I came down with my mum, everything was fine until the the that opening song, uh, and yeah. she she lost it. She was she was gone for the whole for the whole thing. She was <laughs> for the really? whole thing. Yeah, it was really. Uh, oh my god! It's but it was. It, I don't know. We were just too much in it to yeah. be emotional. It was really strange. Yes. No, I know it, well, mean.
1: because I think when you get married, there's so many emotions leading up through the whole process and when you've been with someone. So like at that point, like you've really thought about it and like you're making it happen, mm. but everyone else, it's kind of their first time to see you too. Like, Oh, they're getting married, yeah, you I know? So like,
2: that's a good way of putting it in. Yeah. Cause yeah.
1: I don't, I didn't cry during my wedding. I was just happy. It was just a happy day and a happy time. And it was, you know, it was happening and everything was going mostly to plan. And yeah, but I think for other people to watch that, yeah, it's a nice moment.
2: Yeah. There was lots of crying afterwards. At the end of the at the end of the night, yeah, the,
1: uh, drunken, the, drunken, the,
2: the, the drunken the drunken crime the drunken the crime the, yeah. yeah. the baby's right.
1: joined the podcast now.
0: All right then, so so that's what you've been so doing. That's what Paul. I've been doing. Yeah, you've been getting amongst other Things, but yeah, that
2: was Might. the main event uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks. yeah. Okay, um, so that's all of that was to say that my I was on stage the other day and my ring kept on hitting the microphone and I kept on hearing it and I was just like, oh, I kn- I'm going to have to figure out because I'm left handed as well. Yeah, I don't hold the microphone in my right hand, oh, so you're it's so I, I kind of have to hold it like an English, per- like an English person drinks tea, right. with my finger up. Right, I see raising or the finger. I, like I can't grip it like I liked. All right, this is getting sexual now, but that's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wasn't that sexual yet. Well, you he's, can't he's, grip he's it he's like lim-
3: you like to grip he's it. He's jumped ahead because uh-huh. we're still talking about microphones. But he was yeah. he was
0: talking about his his uh, his uh, tackle, his equipment. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Um, so he was like,
3: this I, is just like last night when oh no. That's right. Because yeah, if he's left-handed, a- just saying.
0: What? Left-handed? What do you he's mean? He's going to
3: be doing everything with his left hand.
0: Oh, you mean wanking? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Um, so, all right, that's some of Paul's latest news. Amber Minogue, what have you been doing?
3: Uh, the podcast. Yes. I released it. Yeah. As, uh, finally. finally. Finally, the
0: podcast has been published.
3: Blimey. Yes. And the response has been amazing from the Lepsters. Thank you, all Lepsters. um, who have been listening to it and mm. writing nice comments on, yeah. the, uh, on the website.
0: My army of ninjas or my e- army of...
3: And some ninjas came out of the woodwork and really? said, I am a ninja, but I'm listening to this. And I was like, you're a ninja, but you are commenting on my... What? I'm going to find out who those ninjas, ninjas are ninjas
0: who comment on your thing yes. and not my thing
3: ninjas who came out of their ninja hood what is it
0: what's What's all that about do you think that well, I've got like what, are, ninja- of... uh, 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 what's a, what are ninjas no, what are the ninjas in, in the podcast so just to explain the nin- ninja, I, the people I call ninjas are listeners who listen to the podcast but never actually write comments oh okay or never get in touch with me yeah. they're just hiding in the shadows so the majority of people the yeah. majority, the vast majority of people because I've got you know quite a lot of listeners now and mm. you know i I hear from, you know, not very many, a small portion of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't really understand why that is. Uh, why I are, even when I sort of say, you know, get in touch, let me know who you are. Still, most of them are just like, no, I will hide in the shadows and you will never know who I am. It's
1: comfortable in the shadows. It
0: is. It's cool. It's really
1: cool and nice and it, there's no commitment in the shadows. That's
0: right. They don't have to. <laughs> maybe there's an English thing as well that people feel a bit so shy yeah. about writing to me in English. Oh, because, that yeah,
2: in case they feel like they're gonna do mistakes. Oh, I feel yeah. like I just did there. Do the mistakes friends. do mistakes. Do mistakes,
3: yeah.
0: What is it? Make, Make mistakes. mistakes, yeah. Okay, maybe that's what it is. So how many more episodes of your podcast do we have to I've look forward to? Th-
3: well, I mean I don't I mean there's three out. Yeah. And I'm trying to release them every just a bit under two weeks. Okay. It's not every week. It's too much uh too I like much research. you just
2: laugh there, you're like <laughs> <laughs> every two weeks yeah yeah what's this i do every I've two days
3: that. i know i know you are but i mean you're a, you're a, you're a machine a machine yeah mm. he's a cyborg I've got what a lot lot number reading. are you on what
0: number of podcasts will this be about
3: 460 oh. whoa. <laughs> 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 whoa that's a lot of podcasting that's lot.
0: i've been doing it for over eight years
3: wow isn't it that's, that's impressive time. but i am i'm a novice nope. i'm a novice You've yeah. got to start somewhere. you've got to
0: start somewhere. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Paul, um, um, you're going to Australia soon, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I've got uh, listeners in Australia. Have you? Yep. We'll tell them to come to my show. When and where? When and where are you doing your show?
2: Uh, so, everyone listening from Australia, I will be in uh, Brisbane. G'day. G'day. G'day, mate. How you going? Uh, but are they? They're not native Australians. I doubt it. But. Uh, they might be French. Foreign. Yeah, well, if they are... Fr- well, listen, if you want to come and see a show that's half in English, half in French, uh, the 10th of July, I will be in Brisbane. Brizzy. Brizzy, mate. Uh, and in the 13th of July, I will be in Melbourne. And the 15th, I will also be in Melbourne. So the 10th, 13th and 15th are my show dates Of, um, of July. Um, and uh, all the tickets are available on my website if they want to check them out because it's just uh, there's too many details that no one cares about.
0: PaulTaylorComedy.com. Yeah. And you can find out the details of his shows that he's doing in Australia, One of, the, one of them's already just...
2: sold out. The, Mel- the first Melbourne one on the 13th is, really? sh- is sold out, so
1: cool. it's the, the 15th.
0: Uh... Struth!
2: <laughs> Struth!
1: <laughs>
0: fucking oath! Um. are these
1: Aussie slang words? Yeah, these
0: are Aussie slang words. Do you know the Australian slang words?
1: I don't. I so this is a misconception. Maybe you've talked about this, but people think that English is the same spoken the world around. Uh-huh. It's, the further like I guess east you go, the more it delineates from American English. Right. Like even between the UK and the US, we have a mm. lot of phrases and slang that's it's just different. Different. I actually took a quiz how much UK English slang do you know? And I got 91%. Yeah. Well, that's
0: obviously because you hang around with us.
1: And I lived lived in Northern Ireland for a year. Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Sarah
2: Donnelly, where are you from? She's got a very Irish uh, name as well. Donnelly. Sarah Donnelly. I bet you fit right in skin colour, everything. Name. You were you were. Well, that's
1: the thing with Irish people. You know, every American's like, I'm Irish. And they're like, yeah, right. And I'm like, no, no, I'm really Sarah Donnelly. And they're like, all right. Well, uh, yeah, we believe you. Yeah, yeah. Which, which
0: part of Northern Ireland? Uh
1: I was in Col Rain. It's an hour north of Belfast, okay. so it is in the countryside. This was back in the days when the internet was not working well, and I was a stupid college student, and I just thought I was going to school in Belfast for a year. Yeah, and didn't like bother to look up where because Google <laughs> Maps didn't exist. Right, and so like. I'm on the bus and they stop at Jordanstown University, which is on the suburbs of Belfast. And I think this is my stop. So I'm like, getting off the bus. And they're like, no, no, not you. Coleraine, keep going. And then we drove for another hour and all I saw were fields and sheep and cows. And I was like, what have I signed up and for? <laughs> <laughs> not little, even. Little, they're not <laughs> little fucking leprechauns. Not even leprechauns barrels
0: <laughs> of gold and rainbows. That's that's in the Republic of Ireland. Though, right. It? In, yeah, yeah. Do they, they have make it... do, they, do they have leprechauns and rainbows in the north of No, you know? no, just no.
3: leprechauns
0: just, guns uh, and just just the British <laughs> the troubles. army. The yeah. troubles. Uh, the troubles. It's yeah. getting a bit peaceful. It is. It's Nor getting... A... So we're,
3: we're, we're getting into dangerous territory. Yeah. Dangerous. dangerous. Yeah.
0: Especially now because of, you know, what's D-U-P. going on with the DUP. Yeah,
2: and
1: yeah. Oh. The Theresa
0: May. I haven't yeah. followed any of that.
2: I haven't had time yet. I'll, we'll talk about so it later. it's No
1: surprise. It's uh, quite yeah. complicated. Anywho, anywho, the point is my sister-in-law was in New Zealand for a year and uh-huh. she got some book of slang and gave it to me like, surely you can understand this. I'm like, I have no idea what any of New this Zealand is. New Zealand slang. Yeah. And I don't...
0: To be honest, you don't need to know, learn the New Zealand slang. No one does, do they?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to have one angry listener from yeah, New Zealand.
0: New Zealand is an important place. I know. Is it's that your New Zealand country. accent? Anyway, no. the point is oh, so. I don't
1: know Australian slang. I barely know British slang. Okay. On the
0: subject of um, offending entire nations of people. <laughs> oh, uh, Paul
1: Taylor, I think ne- no.
0: no, no. I think it's necessary at this juncture. I just wanted to make an announcement on the podcast. Um, uh, first of all, we're sorry to the people of New Zealand. For the slight slur that we just made there, all where 4. no one, 5 million no one, them. yeah, all four point <laughs> five million. Of, sorry that we said no one cares about your version of it. I
1: didn't say that. I said that. Just, um, yeah.
0: Also, we should apologise to the people of Northern Ireland for uh, <laughs> making fun of your accent, which I actually love.
1: I adore the Me Northern too. Irish accent. Me too. Yeah. Nigh on UTV TV. That's like the, my <laughs> best. Nye, yeah. nye, So instead and of
0: instead of now, it's nye, nye, nye.
1: Hi, nay, brine, kai. Which is how Hold now? On, let, brown. let Paul do it. He's how, the one that how masters. Now, got, yeah. uh, wait a minute, wait.
0: How now, brown cow, cow. is like uh, just uh, one of those things that people say to improve their accent. Yeah. Mm. But right. in Northern Ireland, it sounds like hi, nay, brine, kai.
1: Kai, dead on. Correct dead on <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, so sorry sort to is. the people of Northern oh, Ireland so if, if you if you feel like uh, we've been insensitive. It's but
1: out actually, of love. Yeah, it's totally it's out, out of love. Of love.
0: In the last episode of this podcast, I was talking about Taiwan, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you know? What Taiwan is? It's not a country. Yes. Ah. Now that's, that's that's the thing. I was talking about. Taiwan I thought it was a country, right? But it's not in Taiwan. Apparently, does this it is
3: depend w- if you're from Taiwan or China? Well, yes. Or <laughs> the US. <laughs>
0: Hello there. I'm just interrupting the podcast here in order to make a clarification. So what's happening here in this conversation is that I'm saying that in the previous episode, I mentioned Taiwan as a country. Okay. Then I got a letter from a Chinese lepster saying, no, Taiwan is not a country. And since then, I've had plenty of correspondence from people in Taiwan saying to me no Taiwan definitely is a country and we're fighting hard to let everybody know that so basically this is a very sensitive political subject and I know I'm not Donald Trump or anything I mean I'm not that influential but you're going to hear me now apologizing to China first of all for apparently getting it wrong when I said that Taiwan is a country but I would also like to say that I completely recognize ...for the Taiwanese people and plenty of other people... ...that Taiwan definitely is a country, okay? So some people believe it's not a country... ...other people believe that it is a country. I have no opinion on this myself... ...and all I wanted to do here is just say the truth. And it just goes to show that in some cases... ...what constitutes truth to one group of people... ...is not truth to another group of people... ...and it depends on where you are. So I'm sorry for my clumsiness. I acknowledge fully... The fact that to some people Taiwan isn't a country and for other people it most certainly is a country and this is a, a dispute that I have absolutely no desire to be part of and in an effort to make things better I just want to say sorry to everyone uh, and not just one side, okay? Right, good. Back to the podcast. I was talking about in Taiwan there's a, to- uh, there's a restaurant themed around toilets. <laughs> hilarious, right? <laughs> and um (laughs) typical luke's english
2: podcast material that's
0: not
1: (laughs) why we're here today no and
0: and uh and i was saying you know blah 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 taiwan oh you know i don't know if that's normal in taiwan because it's a very clean country (gasps) i said taiwan was a country because i received an email from someone in china who said basically uh i'm writing to you to clarify a fact taiwan is just a province of china you know the United Kingdom has diplomatic relations with China but it doesn't have it with Taiwan there are 194 countries and 169 of them have diplomatic relations with basically Chi- uh, Taiwan's not a country and I'm sorry there's more countries than 194 it,
1: isn't there but don't they recognise like themselves and... as a country this is even murkier than Northern Ireland
0: basically yeah. the, the point is that um, the, the listener went on to say I don't want to preach politics and I also know that everyone has his or her opinions of politics but Luke your podcast is a worldwide podcast you have listeners all over the world they will listen and they will be influenced maybe all the chinese who listened to it were not happy i hope you can avoid mentioning it in your podcast in the future well here i am mentioning it again <laughs> but, but um, you know i'm sorry to the how many chinese people are there 1. 1. 1.5 billion what, sorry to the 1.5 billion all of whom it's listening it's, to it's this it's a bit
2: more than the 4.5 million of
0: uh, how many countries in the world
2: I'm sure there's more than that so
0: anyway sorry to the people of China obviously now I recognize uh, Ah! that it's uh, Sarah just dropped a spoon on the floor
1: while all this has been happening I was going to say this is a Luke's English podcast first I've been feeding my baby I gave her a bottle and now she's having her gucay so excuse me but I need to wash this
0: go ahead no just go ahead so anyway that's that done I just wanted to get that that, that dealt with you know we could have a long political wow, argument. A
2: long compl- I was like I, I thought the question how many uh, qu- how many countries are there in the world was going to be easy. It's going to it was be like here's the answer. It's way more complicated. No, because than it's
0: that. all politics, isn't it? Yeah. Because all of the poli- all the, the delineations of borders they're all political borders. Yeah. They're, not, they're not geographical. But it's ones. between
2: 195 and 196. Apparently. I think
0: also once I mentioned uh, Tibet as well and said that Tibet was a country, which is the same Tibet story. Doesn't
3: exist anymore.
0: Tibet. Well, it's not a country. It's China, isn't it? Now, so yeah. I'm sorry to all. The Chinese people, um, and you know, so there you go. Right, done. Soon Scotland will be a country. Oh. Scotland, oh. Will, no, will be a country. It's just it'll be the same. The United. So, your
1: definition of what makes a nation, what makes a state.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a long, complicated yep. thing. Uh, so there you go. All right. So All good. Right. Do you feel like we've caught up with each other?
1: Yeah. Yep. Did I mention that I have a baby? I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you may have mentioned that
2: already. She also mentioned it as well. <laughs> Has she?
1: Can you, I wonder if you hear. Okay. Oh, Oh
0: God. Sarah's a, a tr- attempting to, to put apple compote into the baby's <laughs> mouth. And uh, the baby's kicking the spoon away. And eating as well, that's good She oh, loves yeah.
3: to kick Yum, yum, yum Oh
0: yeah uh, Alright then Climb
3: <laughs> Bam, caught up
0: Yeah, good, we've caught up So that's that Half an hour of catching up Yeah
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: Which is less than normal Because normally we ramble on Oh, I'm doing this and doing that, was that and quite doing... efficient
0: Alright, I'm going to stop the podcast here oh. And then we'll start again We'll do something else, alright? Okay Okay Good Ladies and gentlemen This is a journey into the English language. A journey into the DNA of the English language. Really? The DNA of the English language. Now, that's really quite a strong claim. I find your lack of faith disturbing.
3: Who are you? You talking to me? You talking to me? You know who I'm talking to. I'm a school teacher. I teach English
1: composition. Oh, really?
0: Yes. Hello again. So there you are. That was our half-hour chat uh, with uh, Amber, Paul, and Sarah. And um, what I'd like to do now is go through some of the language and a few little cultural points that came up in that conversation. I wonder how it was. Uh, I wonder how it was for you. Did you manage to follow everything? I understand it was a little bit chaotic, as I said at the beginning, because of people talking sometimes at the same time and things like that. That makes it more difficult for you to follow, doesn't it? Um, I I expect so. Um, But whenever I get together with my friends like this on the podcast, um, we just talk without really kind of grading our English too much. um, Lots of language comes out. There's loads of vocabulary and different bits of language that pop out that just people say without really thinking about it. And it's quite interesting to go through a conversation like that and pick out certain bits of language which I can help you to notice uh, and I can explain them to you. You can then maybe try and use them yourselves if you think that um, you can add them to your active vocab. Um, Also, what you could do is after I've explained some of this language and highlighted it and clarified it and stuff, you could go back and listen to the conversation again and Uh, you'll be equipped with all the things you need to know to be able to follow the whole thing just like you were there and you were one of us Uh, and also generally you can just improve your language as you move forwards uh, with your learning of English so this is a good opportunity to focus on some vocabulary here so let's do that now then at the beginning of the conversation I asked Paul to explain what was going on and he said it was hot as hell hot as hell Or as hot as hell. But often you just miss out the first as. So you say, oh, it's hot as hell. I think it's slightly American to say hot as hell. We don't say it so much in the UK, but there it is. Uh, It's hot as hell. Um, But there are other words that you could use when it's very hot. Um, I used some of them at the beginning of this episode without necessarily explaining them. Uh, So I've got now four different um, phrases or words for saying that it's very, very hot. So the first one is that it's boiling. So this is uh, an extreme adjective. So you can't say it's very boiling. You'd have to say it's absolutely boiling. Uh, It's boiling, boiling hot. Uh, Also, you could say it's sweltering it's absolutely sweltering today. Sweltering, S-W-E-L-T-E-R-I-N-G. And that, again, just means that it's very, very hot. It's baking today. It's absolutely baking. So baking is, you know, like the way you cook food, you bake bread in the oven, but you can also say it's baking today. Um, and um, also, it's blisteringly hot. So blisteringly, uh, the adverb blisteringly and hot the uh, the adjective, right? So blisteringly hot. Uh, if if it's so hot that it gives you blisters, you know, blisters, um, let's say, for example, if you've got some new shoes and you go walking in your new shoes, then you're probably going to get a blister on your foot, right? That's a blister. Also, if you get bad sunburn, if it's too hot, you might get blisters as well from sunburn. So if it's blisteringly hot, it means it's so hot that it might give you blisters, okay? Blisteringly hot. Um uh, what else? Um, you heard Sarah talking about being partnered with a French person. She was saying that being partnered with a French person is hard work. Um, and she said that uh, uh, she said, I have an I have one hour's worth of material on this. So as a stand up, she did a, her own show, which was called Help, I'm Married a Frenchman. And she has uh, one hour's worth of material On that subject, so the language here that I'm I'm focusing on is is the the expression "one hour's worth of something." It doesn't have to be one, and it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be any unit of time. Um, In this case, it's one hour's worth of material. So she's got enough material for one hour. But you can also, you know, use that structure for lots and lots of different other expressions. For example, you know, five minutes worth of something. Um, uh, you, You might say, "We've got three days worth of food left." three days worth of food left. So we've got only enough food to keep us alive for three days or to keep eating for three days. Um, I've got 10 minutes worth of battery left in my phone. I've got 10 minutes worth of battery. So it's 10, like number, um, and then the unit of of time, in this case, minute or hour or day. um, And it's plural as well, if it's plural. I mean, for one hour, it's not, but for five minutes or three days or ten minutes, it's plural. So so how do you deal with the, um, the possessive part? Because it's ten minutes worth. It's possessive minutes. So you have to write it ten minutes, plural, with an S, and then an apostrophe, and then nothing. So if it's a, an apostrophe... Um, for possession on a plural word with s, you just add the apostrophe at the end. Similarly, if it's a person's name that ends in s, and you're making a, 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 a possessive form, you would just put the apostrophe at the end and then no s, because we don't like the look of s apostrophe s. It just doesn't look very nice. So anyway, ten minutes worth of battery left. Uh, I've got one hour's worth of material on this, uh, um, and uh, you're probably listening to probably about one hour's worth of of podcast in this episode. I expect. Um, So, uh, bringing up a baby um, in a foreign country with a foreign partner, will they speak English or will they speak both languages? Um, So, here I'm looking at the phrase to bring up a baby, uh, to bring up a a child. Uh, That means to educate the child, look after the child until they become an adult. Okay, so educating and and uh, helping and feeding and clothing and looking after the child while also helping them become an adult. That's to bring someone up. Uh, there's another uh, verb that we use to say the same thing. Do you know what it is? Uh, well, it's to raise a child. Um, to, to raise a child, okay. Um, it's the same thing as to bring up a child. Um, and um, those both can be used... Um, in the passive form, uh, to say, for example, I was brought up in London, or I was raised in London, or I was raised to be, you know, I was raised to be an honest person. I was brought up to be polite, uh, for example. So it's to be raised or to be brought up in a place or to be a certain way. Um, Also, uh, we'd say that we we grow up, of course. Uh, I grew up in London, Um, for example. um, And um, you could say, I grew up to be something, but that means that you became that thing later on. So, for example, I grew up to be um, a musician, for example. Um, So, um, listeners, I'm asking you now about your experiences of of parenthood. Uh, Do you have experience of bringing up a baby to be bilingual? Um, let us know. I'm interested to know your thoughts about how you can bring up a child to be bilingual. Uh, for example, if if just one parent speaks English and the rest of the time it's, let's say, French with school, friends and everything else, will the child be bilingual? So leave me your thoughts. I'd like to know what you think about that. Uh, we also had the word anglophone. Uh, An Anglophone person uh, means someone who speaks English. Similarly, you'd have something like Francophone, which means French, someone who uh, speaks French. Um, Now, I use the word condone. Do you know what the word condone means? Um, in fact, I made a stupid joke, um, which was, I don't condone the hitting of a child. Uh, of course I don't condone the hitting of a child. My, my um, stupid joke was like, if my child grew up to speak French and called me papa, then you know I'd say, no, it's father. Obviously I'm joking. Uh, uh, it's a stupid thing to say, but you know that's what happens when you make a joke sometimes, isn't it? You go over the line a little bit um obviously i didn't mean it but anyway the uh the the word is condone so if you condone something it means you sort of support it publicly you stand up for that idea um and you're generally in favor of that thing um you support it you're in favor of it in fact you you kind of um advocate for it you know you say that people should be doing it uh for example i i um, condone uh recycling for example, okay, meaning I encourage other people to do it. What's the opposite of condone, meaning to say that you think people shouldn't do it, in fact stand out against it publicly? Well, that's the word to condemn something. Obviously, I would condemn things like littering or, uh, you know, damaging the environment or... or um Things like that, you know. Um, Vandalism, um, for example. So, condone means that you support it. Condemn means that you're against it, okay? So, I condone uh, something or I condemn something. Uh, Paul said that during his wedding ceremony, he had a kind of an out-of-body experience. Now, if you have an out-of-body experience, that means that you feel like you're sort of maybe even floating out of your body and looking at yourself, I don't think he had a full-on out-of-body experience, because those things can be like a full-on sort of spiritual experience, you know, Um, an out-of-body experience when you are on a hospital bed or something. I don't think it was the full-on out-of-body experience, but he felt like he was looking at himself like he was watching the whole thing happening from a remote position, Um, which is um, interesting. I suppose that When he was preparing for the wedding, he went through all the the routines and the preparation so many times that it didn't feel like it was really happening when it was actually happening. So anyway, that's an out-of-body experience. Um, Not the full kind, but a sort of -of out-of-body experience. Um, He said that uh, him and his wife were very stressed out. Uh, He said, we were so stressed out. So you can obviously be stressed, but you can be stressed out as well. It's just another way of saying stressed. Um, a few different phrases for crying here. Some different vocabulary to, cr- to talk about crying. So Paul said that neither of us cried. Um, now, can you think of some other ways of saying that someone is crying? Um, what about to, to start crying or to get emotional? Well, obviously to cry. Uh, another one was, um, uh, I think Paul said, I thought everybody would be in tears. So to be in tears... Uh, Means that you're crying So, you know, I was in tears at the end of the movie, for example Now, um, what about um, expressions to describe the moment when you start to cry Or maybe just water appears in your eyes So you don't fully cry, but the water appears in there And you start to get a little bit emotional Well, when the water appears in your eyes You can say that you welled up I welled up a bit uh, Which is what happened to me at Paul's wedding I, I welled up a little bit I didn't fully cry, but I did start to well up Um, and similarly, in a a cinema, you might, you know, well up a little bit, you know, during a certain scene. To well up, W-E-L-L, up. Um, And a well, of course, is a a, a sort of a hole in the ground where you keep water. Uh, So to well up means when the water or the tears start to come out of your eyes a little bit. And another one would be, let's say you're talking, maybe you're giving your marriage vows on your wedding day, you're talking, and you start to get just, um, uh, A little bit emotional, like that. Um, You can say that you uh, choke up. Um, So, I think Paul said I was choking up. Or someone was choking up. I think Paul was choking up at my wedding. So, everyone was crying and in tears and welling up and choking up and things like that. Okay, so, to cry, to be in tears, to well up, to choke up. Okay, Uh, some more wedding vocab here. To walk down the aisle... The aisle, So that's the space between the seats in the middle of the church. And obviously the the groom stands at the end with his best man and probably a priest or some other person who's going to do the ceremony. And um, then um, the bride arrives and she walks down the aisle, usually with her father. They walk down the aisle. In a church, they walk towards the altar, which is where the wedding will take place. Um, Now, the thing that kind of made me well up at Paul's wedding was the fact that uh, paul's wife Addie um, was uh, she was walked down the aisle uh, with Paul's dad, so Paul's dad gave her away there's another expression to give someone away at a wedding so usually the bride's father gives her away like literally gives her away to the to the husband to the groom in this case uh, because Addie's parents aren't with us anymore, uh, they passed away. Which means that, um, tra- you know, well, not tragically, but unfortunately, they're they're not with us. They passed away. They died. Um, uh, Addie was was uh, given away by Paul's dad, which I found very sweet. You know, I said it was so sweet that it was your dad that was giving her away. So we got to walk down the aisle to give someone away, to to walk to the altar, um, and to to be ways of saying that someone is dead. um, You can say that they're not with us anymore or that they passed away or that they died. Sometimes people don't like to say that someone died because they feel like it's too strong a word. It's too heavy a word. And so people choose other ways of saying it like they passed away or they're not with us anymore. Uh, Paul at one point was talking about how when he holds a microphone, the wedding ring on his finger taps the microphone and he can hear it. And he said that he's left-handed. So there's there's an expression there just to refer that you know to to the f- fact that when someone prefers their left hand rather than their right hand you can say they're left-handed or right-handed, uh, which I didn't know I didn't realise Paul was left-handed, and then Paul was talking about well holding the microphone and it started to sound a bit like an innuendo, and Paul was saying I can't grip it like I like to grip it. Um, which is an innuendo. Remember innuendo? It was from that episode with Amber about uh, British humour. Innuendo basically means like saying something that could have a double meaning. And usually the double meaning is a bit rude. So an innuendo. In this case, Paul was started to do a kind of an innuendo, saying, I can't grip it like I like to grip it. Uh, Which, you know, in the end, we started to realise that he was... Uh, thinking about something else. He was gripping not a microphone, but something of a fairly similar shape. But uh, Amber said he's jumped ahead. So Paul jumped ahead because he was talking about the sexual uh, connotations before anyone else had realised. So he jumped ahead. So he went to the innuendo before we even realised it. Um, uh, Amber, talking about her podcast, said um, that some ninjas came out of the woodwork. Okay, to come out of the woodwork is the expression here, and this means uh, if something comes out of the woodwork or if someone or some people come out of the woodwork, the woodwork would mean, I suppose, all of the wooden stuff in your house, like wooden beams or wooden furniture in your house. And sometimes, like, wooden furniture or beams have cracks, and insects might live in the woodwork. And if the insects come out of the woodwork, it means that they appeared after having been hidden or inactive for a long time. Um, for example, you could say after you've been in a relationship for a while, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of, what happened to my voice there? All sorts of secrets. After you've been in a relationship for a while, all sorts of little secrets start, start to come out of the woodwork. And Amber said that uh, some ninja uh, lepsters came out of the woodwork and commented on her podcast. So the expression to come out of the woodwork just means that when someone appears after after they've been hidden for a long time. And it's mildly disapproving. It's slightly negative or, or, or pejorative. So what I think, um, you know, the slightly disapproving sense is that Amber was saying that, uh, you know, the, they're ninjas. And they never comment. Um, they decided to, like, come out. Um slightly dis- you know Amber's like why don't you come out more often that's the disapproving side of it anyway so some ninjas came out of the woodwork and commented on uh, her her podcast uh which you should listen to uh, panampodcast.com you can find it there now then, a bit of Australian slang because Paul is going to be performing comedy uh, in Australia. Uh, he's doing his show there um, in July. You can check out uh, paultaylorcomedy.com for all the details. But we ended up talking a little bit about some Australian slang or Aussie slang. So Australians uh, can be called Aussies. They can be called lots of things, but Aussies is the uh, appropriate one really. Uh, That's the nickname for Australian people, Aussies. So Australians have got obviously a particular accent and also certain slang that they use only in Australia. And there are various kind of typical things that most people, certainly most British people, know about Australian slang. It seems that the Americans are less familiar with the way that Australians speak English, as you heard from Sarah. She, she didn't seem to know the slang words. But in Britain, we're, we're quite um, familiar with Australian slang words and Australian accents. Because we were exposed to a lot of it um, on our television. We we watch a lot of Australian soap operas like Neighbours and Home and Away. Uh, When I was growing up, when I was a teenager, Neighbours was on TV basically every day, I think. In fact, it was on twice a day. They would show it at lunchtime and repeat it again in the evening. And Neighbours was basically set in a town near Melbourne. And um, so it it was full of Australians. And um, so we we heard lots of Australian English from that show. And there are various kind of things, or they might be cliches, but little bits of slang that um, Australians say that everyone knows. Like the first one is when an Australian person says hello, they say g'day. So g'day. And uh, Australians have got a a kind of a particular accent. It sounds a little different. Sometimes I can do it really well, and sometimes I can't do it at all. I'm not sure you know what it is I haven't I haven't been watching like neighbors or home and away recently um, so my a- Aussie accents a little bit sketchy but anyway sometimes also my Aussie accent becomes like New Zealand uh, anyway good day mate how you going good day mate is like hello friend now we say mate in in British English too we say all right mate but in um, Australia it's good day mate good eye good eye not good day good eye good eye mate. How you going? How you going? Which is, how are you going? Which means, how are you? So in the UK, it's, all right, mate, how are you doing? Or, all right, mate, how's it going? In Australia, good day, mate, how you going? Um, and also, they sort of turn longer words into shorter words. Sort of, they give nicknames to things like, for example, the afternoon in Australia might be called the Arvo. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll see you later in the Arvo. Um, you know, I'll be back in the Arvo. Uh, Arvo. Afternoon, and also barbecue becomes barbie. Yeah, mate, we're going to have a barbie later on this after later on this arvo. Why don't you come round? We'll have a barbie together. Uh, the word bogan, a bogan is a sort of like a redneck from Australia. These kind of um, uh, these kind of guys who drive around in their modified cars, and they've got particular ways of speaking and dressing, and they drive like these fast cars. they're they're bogans every culture it seems has got people like this in america it's like rednecks uh rednecks in australia they're bogans in the uk i suppose we've got like chavs chavs but that's not a very nice word a chav is like a low class person who might be a bit of a criminal or something and they tend to wear certain fake sportswear clothing chavs but in australia bogans uh chockers um, oh my god! It's absolutely chockers in town, mate. Chockers means chocker block, which means uh, full, very, very busy. In fact, I said chocker block at the at the beginning of this episode. I said this episode is chocker block with vocab. If something's chocker block, it means it's full. There's loads of things in it, loads of people. And in Australia, you might say chockers. Yeah, mate. I went up, I went up to Oxford Street, mate. It was absolutely chockers, uh, full of people. Yeah, fair dinkum, fair dinkum, mate. I don't know if that's a cliche. I think it's a bit of a cliche, but uh, fair Dinkum. It's a bit like saying, "Yeah, no worries," or "Yeah, fine, no problem." Okay, cool. Yeah, cool, man. Fair Dinkum, mate. Um, I don't know what Fed. I don't know what Dinkum means. I've no idea. It's like saying, "Fair enough, fair play." Yeah, nice one, fair Dinkum. And also, slightly ruder uh, in Australia, you might hear, "Yeah, fucking oath, mate. Fucking oath. Fucking oath." which is the same as fair dinkum, and probably much more common uh, and not rude is, yes yeah, sweet as, mate, sweet as. Sweet as, which means, like, good, basically. Like, it could be as sweet as uh, I think it's as sweet as a nut is the full expression. Sweet as a nut, but uh, not, a nut isn't particularly sweet, is it, really? Anyway, yeah, sweet as, mate, sweet as. Yeah, yeah mate, come over this arvo. We're going to have a barbie. Yeah, sweet as, mate. Fair dinkum. Okay, there you go. There's a bit of uh, Aussie slang for you. Kiwi slang, that slang from New Zealand, um, is pretty similar to Aussie or UK slang. They've probably got a few unique words, but it's fairly similar to Australian or British slang, really, uh, Kiwi slang. But the accent is different. And for years, I couldn't differentiate the New Zealand accent from the Australian accent. But the more that you hear... Uh, the more that you hear it, the more you realise how different it is. And if you want to hear the Aust- uh, the New Zealand accent, you should uh, watch episodes of uh, Flight of the Concords, the TV show, which features some Australian, uh, some uh, Kiwi characters in America. So Flight of the Concords, it's really great, it's really funny. Uh, I should do an episode about that in the future, where we listen to some Kiwi English, and maybe hear a few uh, extracts from Flight of the Concords, the TV show, or something like that. Um, but here we are then. That's the end of all the vocab. Did you get it all? Shall I test you? Shall I test you a little bit? Let's try. Uh, how would you say it's very hot? Oh my god, it's really hot. It's, yeah, it's hot as hell. Begins with a B. Boiling. Two others beginning with a B. What do you do with bread? Yeah, it's baking. And what about if it's so hot that it damages your skin? Yeah, it's blisteringly hot. Well done. Um... Uh, what about if you've got, like, three loaves of bread and some milk and some uh, other bits of food that's going to last you three days? What have you got? You've got three days' worth of food. That's it. Okay. Uh, what about when you help a child uh, become an adult? You There's two expressions. You bring up the child and also you raise the child. That's it. Uh, similarly, you can talk about your own childhood and say, I was I was brought up or I was raised. Um Let's see. Uh, what about people who speak English? They, You could say that they are anglophone. That's right. And people who speak French, for example, could be francophone. That's it. How do you say that you support something? You publicly sort of defend or support or encourage something. That would be to condone something. And, um, you know, I don't, for example, I don't condone drug use, for example. Or what about the opposite, where you uh, say that you stand out against something? Uh, That's to condemn. That's it. Well done. So I I condemn use. you know, the use of illegal drugs, for example. Uh, what about when you are having a crazy experience and you feel like you've left your body and you're looking down on, on, on the situation? You're having what? You're having an out-of-body experience. By the way, if anyone has ever had an out-of-body experience who's listening to this, please let me know. I'd love to hear about some of that weird and wonderful stuff, like out-of-body experiences and psychic travelling and, you know, near-death experiences and things. I find that stuff absolutely fascinating. Uh, what is Uh, The word that you can add to the word stressed Which just makes it sound a bit more natural Stressed what? I was really stressed Stressed out That's it Stressed out Okay um, Three other ways of saying that you cried You can say I cried And I was I was in tears That's it Good Uh, What about when you start crying The water just appears in your eyes Oh uh, I was welling up That's it And if you're If you're just Starting to Get a little bit emotional (laughs) You could say you were choking up. That's it. So to cry, to be in tears, to well up, to choke up. Uh, what's the space between all the chairs? There's a space to walk in a church, or in a in an aeroplane, or in a theatre, a cinema. You walk down the aisle. That's it. The aisle. Um, and uh, Paul's dad. It was very sweet because Paul's dad did something. He he walked down the aisle with uh, uh, Paul's uh, bride and so Paul's dad gave her away. That's it, he gave her away. Uh, Paul uses his left hand to do everything, and when I say everything, I mean everything. Um, So Paul uses, he favours his left hand because he is, what, he's uh, left-handed, that's right, Uh, right right-handed, left-handed, and Paul said he can't hold the microphone in the way that he likes to hold it. What's the word to say hold? Hold it tightly, Sort of in your hand uh, begins with a G to grip. Yes, that's it. He said, "I can't grip it like I li- like to grip it," and we all thought, "I bet you can't." Um, what else? Uh, what is? What's that expression that means when you've been hidden for a while, or some people or things have been hidden, and then they reveal themselves after a while of being hidden or inactive? They the, some ninjas came out of the came out of the woodwork. That's it. Oh, there's one I missed here, which um, I probably didn't need to mention anyway because paul said it but uh, the uh, mistakes what's the verb that collocates uh with the word mistakes what do you do um you know you feel like you're going to make mistakes that's it make mistakes don't do mistakes it's actually make mistakes okay then there was the aussie slang like G'day, mate. how you going i'm fine yeah listen i'm having a, a barbie later on this arvo why don't you come over uh, tell you what, mate, the barbie we had last night was chockers. Yeah, all these bogans turned up. It was a bloody nightmare. Yeah, fair dinkum, mate. Fucking oath. Sweet as. Struth as well. That's another one. Struth. Struth is a bit of a cliche. Struth is spelled S-T-R-E-W-T-H. That's another bit of Australian slang. Struth, look at all those bogans, mate. Um, on the subject of expressions like um, uh, how's he, how you going, which means how are you, There are lots of little questions like that that we use uh, every day that can be quite difficult to pick up. Like, you know, how's it going? What's up? What are you doing? How long? How have you been? What have you been up to? What have you been doing? You know, little questions like that. I expect that the next episode of this podcast is going to be all about that kind of thing. Tricky little questions in social English. And I'm going to give you a test in that episode. I'm going to test you. And then we're going to see how some native speakers respond to those questions too. So that's what you can expect in the next episode of this podcast. But for now, I would just like to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, But that's it for this episode. And I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.